thanks for bearing with me. <laughs> you may be seated. for a miracle the heart longs for a little bit of hope oh come oh come Emmanuel a child prays for peace on earth and she calling out from a sea of hurt oh come oh come Emmanuel and can you hear the angels singing glory to the light of the world glory the light of the world is here the drought breaks with the tears of a mother a baby's cry is the sound of love come down come down Emmanuel he is the song for the suffering he is Messiah the Prince of Peace has come he has come Emmanuel Glory to the light of the world Glory to the light of the world For all who wait For all who Amen. We'll be reading out of James today, James chapter 4. And just a disclaimer, I know it's December, and uh, it's going to be a lot of Christmas messages this month. Uh, but this morning is not going to be a Christmas message, and I'm a, little, I'm a little nervous about preaching this just because 
Um, a lot of Christmas, Christmas messages are very uplifting, very hopeful, and uh, uh, this might not go this way. Uh, so James chapter 1, I mean James chapter 4, James chapter 4, and whenever you do find your place there, you can go ahead and stand for the reading of the scripture this morning, afternoon. James chapter 4. <clears throat> Okay, James chapter 4, we'll be reading, we'll start in verse number 1. Um, it's, it says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill a desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. Verse number four starts the, the, the passage we'll be dealing with this afternoon. It says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity, is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy, but he giveth more grace? Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the, therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse number eight, it says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. And the title of the message this morning is, Let's Turn That Smile Upside Down. Let's go ahead and pray real quick. <clears throat> Dear God, thank you so much for uh, the day we've had in your house already, Lord. I just thank you for the music and the, the messages, Lord, and celebrating uh, Jesus Christ coming, Lord, and being born of a virgin, Lord. And I just pray you be with the rest of the, the service today, Lord. Give me the words you want me to say, Lord. I just pray you use me, Lord, as your vessel. Just uh, be with us the rest of the afternoon. You're going to me pray. Amen. You may be seated. So, another story from... Uh, my life, it was, I believe it was 2021. Um, I was still at college, and my family, it was my dad, my, my brother, and my sister had come to visit me. I hadn't seen my dad in a while, so they wanted to plan a visit to come see me at college. And as they came to college to, to come visit with me, uh, they were going to come up on a, on a Saturday. They were going to be there, be there Saturday, Sunday, and leave early Monday morning. On Friday morning, I had gone to work like I always did. I worked medical transport, so I was around a lot of sick people. And it was also 2021, so uh, there, was, uh, there was something going around that was uh, pretty fearful, I guess, especially for the elderly people. But I was a young guy, so I wasn't scared of it. And uh, Friday morning, I, I go to work and come back, and I'm feeling like an itch in my throat. I think it's nothing. It might be allergies, maybe a slight cold coming on. It's fine. It'll be a good weekend. Uh, and, you know, as you go out throughout your day, uh, when you, when you, all you wake up with, with is a sore throat. It kind of goes away after a while, so you get going. Uh, Saturday came, and the, the, the itch in my throat kind of got a little more sore, and I had a light cough, but it really wasn't anything big. Uh, I've dealt with allergies and colds, so I'm, I'm sure it was just one of those that obviously couldn't be uh, the, the dreaded disease, that shan't, that, the dreaded infection that can't be spoken. And then Sunday came, okay, and... Uh, my wife and I were still dating at the time, so my family took both of us out to eat after church, and we were sitting there at a Mexican restaurant, obviously, and uh, 
the, uh, I mean, the food wasn't bad, but it just didn't taste like it usually tasted. And I was like, man, this is a little off. I'm sure it's fine. COVID didn't even cross my mind. Uh, she, had, she had to leave, so she went home, and um, me, me and my family went just shopping around at an outlet store. And my sister loves, um, what's the, what's the can- Bath and Body Works. And they have a ton of candles there. They have a ton of lotions, colognes. And I walk in, and she's showing me these candles, my sister is, and then it clicks. I can't smell any of these. And I'm running around like a lunatic around the store, grabbing candles and shoving them in my nose, and I just can't smell any of them. And then it hits me like a freight train. Oh, no. I got it. I had COVID. I went so long without it, and yet here it is at my doorstep. I finally caught COVID. Man, and it's, it's, not, it's not like I was never one of the ones that didn't believe COVID existed at all. Uh, don't get me started on, you know, what I think about COVID and all that, all those things. We'll get on that. But I certainly never thought COVID would affect me because uh, the elderly people that I was transporting, uh, they obviously were susceptible to it, but I was strong and healthy. There's no way it could have been me. And, and even, even as Friday and Saturday rolled around and I saw those little symptoms, I decided to ignore them saying, there's no way it's COVID. These little symptoms aren't leading to this. That's crazy. And lo and behold, Sunday night, I'm locked in the annex. It was our quarantine room at college, and I'm locked off from society. Just done. I had COVID. And these little symptoms that I kind of mistook as nothing, I kind of brushed off, led to something that was, it was pretty impactful, you could say. Um, I had a pretty bad spout with COVID, and I'll get into that later in the message. But these little symptoms that I kind of brushed off as being little symptoms turned out to be symptoms of the root issue. I had COVID. If we get back to our text here, uh, we, we, we begin the, this, this, this letter that James uh, wrote to these people. And even in chapter 3, he, he's starting, we go a chapter back, James is talking about the tongue. Okay, We're, we're kind of catching up to our passage to where we're at this, this afternoon. So in chapter 3, James warns these Christians about, about the tongue. We saw that in the beginning of chapter 3. And then in the latter half of the previous chapter, chapter 3 still, uh, he deals with these Christians and telling them that they're supposed to be having peaceable relationships with each other. He mentions in the first three verses of this chapter about these wars that were going on between them and how uh, it, were, it was contributed to their, to, their, to their selfish lusts. And then we get to our passage. And... In our passage, I wanna, uh, we're kind of going to, I'm going to list some things here. And there's, there's three things that I want us to look out for this, this afternoon. Okay, the three things in our passage. And these, these three things are three enemies that James lists, that James talks about to these Christians. And we see the, verse in ver- the, first, the first enemy we have is in verse number four. It says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. And the first enemy we see here that James warns these Christians about is the world. And we see that, that um, obviously by the world, uh, we, we know that James is referring to, to society and, and the way that society works around us and everything that has to do with society that's anti-God, that's anti-Christ. That's obviously the world that James is talking about here. And he's the, that's the first enemy we see in this passage, this first enemy to these Christians, the world. And James is warning them, he says, be careful not to become friends with the world, because, and we can see this clearly from Scripture and maybe from testimonials, that friendship with the world eventually leads to love of the world, and then love of the world leads to conforming with the world. It's a dangerous thing to be a friend with the world. 
It's such a dangerous thing, in fact, that James even just right off the bat gets in their face and calls them adulterers and adulteresses. And that the Jewish readers at this time would recognize this very strong condemnation, this very strong, um, you could say, uh, uh, comparison of adultery, of, of adultery back to um, Old Testament prophets such as Ezekiel and Hosea when they were out uh, trying to, uh, they were preaching at, Ju- at Judah, the nation of Judah, because of their sin. And they called them uh, spiritually adulterers and adulteresses. And the Jewish readers would recognize this, this claim from James saying, man, this is, a, this is a big deal. James isn't messing around. B- being a friend with the world makes me an adulterer, a spiritual adulterer against God. That's the first enemy we see here. We see the world. And, and when you begin to form a friendship with the world, it puts you at obviously at enmity with God. It puts you, in other words, against God, at war with God, even so much so that he calls them adulterers and adulteresses. So it's simple. If you're friends with the world, you're an enemy of God. The next enemy we see here is in James, it's in the same chapter, verse number four, but in verse number five, it says, Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy. And what's, what's that talking about there? One word, the flesh. So first we see the world, and then we see James. James says, isn't, doesn't the Bible, isn't the Bible, isn't the scripture very clear that that, 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 that part that's naturally inside of you, the, the natural spirit inside of you, lusts to envy? The natural spirit, that flesh inside of you, naturally goes against the things of God, goes against what God has ordained? And he's talking about two, en- two enemies first. We have the world and we have the flesh. Two very real enemies. And then we have a third enemy that James talks about here. So we have the world, we have the flesh. And then verse number seven, we see the devil. Verse number seven says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And I'm, I'm, we're going through this kind of quick, but I want to paint a picture. So we see the world, the flesh, and then obviously the devil. Even society, even the world knows, you can tell by their media, that if you're with Satan, you're not with God. And if you're with God, you're not with Satan. They're naturally enemies. So we have the world, we have the flesh, and we have Satan. And the picture that I see here is, is, is James warning these believers against these three enemies that are out to get them. What are they trying to do to these believers? Well, if we, if, if we take a look back at all the things that James had talked about, you, you could summarize it in one word, worldliness. And we see a picture of a warning, you could say, of the world, the flesh, and Satan working together to try and, and inject worldliness into these believers' lives. These, these three enemies are working together to try, to try and convince these believers to, to embrace worldliness, to let it creep into their personal lives. That's not it, though. Praise the Lord that James even lists some, some, some solutions, you could say. In verse number 7, and we're going to deal with this uh, a little bit later, but I'm just going to skim over these. Verse number 7, he talks about submitting to God and then drawing nigh to God. And then in verse, uh, and he also talks about humbling themselves before God. And today's probably going to be short and sweet. Here we go. So we see a picture. We see a picture as James is writing to these believers that there's these three enemies working together to try and get them to embrace worldliness in their lives, in their church. And he's exhorting about these different things that they've been dealing with. He's trying to correct them. And he says, but there's some things, some steps you can take to take that worldliness out, maybe to defend against that worldliness. And then, and then, and then we get to that funny verse there uh, where I got the title from. It says, verse number nine, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning 
and your joy to heaviness. And that, I'm not very smart. I'm not, a, not near as smart as pastor. So that took me a little bit of, of just sitting down and staring at it and reading some commentaries and staring at it some more. But I believe what James is trying to do here is he's trying to tell them something. He's trying to say this. He's trying to tell them this. You're living your life comfortably. You're living your life rejoicing. You're living your life in laughter, not realizing that you should be mourning. You should be crying. Why? Because worldliness has infected your life. Because they have been, these three enemies have been successful in, in, in infecting you guys with worldliness. And he's saying, you're living your life day to day so comfortable, so happy, thinking everything's great, when you should be distraught, you should be mourning. Why? Because they've got a foot in. Because worldliness has crept in. In fact, that worldliness is exactly what James had been dealing with and will continue to deal with in this letter. The worldliness that had crept in into these believers' lives. So we're going to fast forward, we're going to fast track this and get this here, okay? When I, when I first got my first car, man, it was a cool car. I loved it, okay? I think I was, I was 17 when I got my first car, and man, that was probably my favorite vehicle I've ever owned. It was a pearl white 2005 Dodge Grand Caravan minivan. <laughs> As a 17-year-old teenager in the youth department, I was the popular one, can't you tell? Yeah. I had, I had the party van. Nobody ever filled it, but I had the party van. And the coolest thing, though, is it had a little TV in the back. So although my friends didn't show up, I can just climb in the back and watch the TV by myself. It's fine. Okay? But when you first get your first vehicle, you start learning that there are some things you should look out for in owning a vehicle, maintaining it. And how foolish would it be if I walked up to my vehicle, my beautiful Grand Caravan, and I brought out my checklist and I said, Wheels. Check. Tires? Check. Engine? Check. Uh, windshield? Check. Steering wheel? Check. We're good to go. I can go on a 24-hour road trip and I'll be good. That's foolish, isn't it? Why? Because those of you who have owned a car and have maintained a car, you know that sometimes, just because it has all those things, those big things checked off, there's a lot of little things that you also have to make sure it's taken care of. Like what? Air pressure is good. The oil change, probably a good idea. Washer fluid, for whenever you're trying to wash off your windshield. Power steering fluid, blinker fluid. Girls, write that down, okay? All these little things are just as important because if you're not careful, that oil change will make sure that soon you don't have an engine. If you don't make sure that tire pressure is good, those tires won't be there anymore. So how foolish would it be for me to look up and just say, yep, it has all these things, I'm good to go. All the big things are taken care of. No, there's some little things that are also just as important. And I believe maybe in the, in the mind of these believers, the, the big things were checked off the list, but there were a lot of little things that caused worldliness to creep into their lives. <clears throat> so let's do a checklist in our life. Let's bring it here, okay? Obviously, we know that the same three enemies that, were, that, were, that these believers were faced up against, because remember, James wasn't talking to a group of lost sinners. He was, talking to a, he was talking to a congregation, a group of believers. And the same three enemies that these believers faced, is this, the same three enemies that they faced, is the same enemies that we face nowadays, right? I don't have to convince anybody in this room about that. We have the world, the flesh, and Satan. And these three enemies that were against them are still trying to work against us, trying to infect, infect us with what? With worldliness. 
And yeah, we can take our checklist, and it, maybe a lot of us, maybe what they were doing is the same thing a lot of us do nowadays, a lot of Christians in churches do, and I dare say, I, I, I pray not, but maybe this is why the Lord's having me preach this message, that there may be somebody in this room who will sit down and do a checklist, and, and, and they'll go like this. <clears throat> All the big sins are taken care of. I'm not committing adultery. I'm not committing fornication. I'm not a murderer. I'm not stealing. I, I, I'm not worshiping false gods. I, I'm not doing drugs. I'm not drinking. Good. I'm good to go. But just like I wouldn't get in that vehicle without making sure the little things are taken care of, there's some minor sins, you could say, some little things that I think many Christians are allowing into their lives. And with those things creeps in, what? Worldliness. And at that point, these three enemies have succeeded at getting their foot in the door. <clears throat> and, and these minor sins, like I said, he, in, in previous chapters, he talked about the tongue. He talked about fighting amongst themselves and how, how this was caused by their selfishness. And he talks about the lusts of their flesh. And fun fact, the word lust that, he, that James uses in his, in his letter is the same word that we get hedonism from. And if you don't know what hedonism from, it's pretty much living your life to fulfill whatever pleasures you want to partake in. <clears throat> he mentions about envy. He mentions, and we just read about pride quite a bit. So yeah, we've gone through our list and we checked off these big things in our life. But when God looks down, he sees adulterers, adulteresses. And you say, what do you mean? Yeah, I'm not committing adultery, fornication, murder, stealing, etc. I'm good. But then God looks down and he says, I see a Christian who doesn't bridle his tongue, adulterer. Being selfish and self-centered, adulterer. Being envious, adulterer. Prideful, adulterer. And obviously we can, the list can go on and on. Um, uh, not murdering, but being hateful towards others, adulterer. Being bitter against somebody, adulterer. Not cussing, but gossiping and backbiting behind others, adulterer. Well, you know, I'm not worshiping, I'm not bowing down before Mother, Nair, Mother, uh, Mother Mary, but you know what? My God, is, my, my, my God is actually my job. My job is my new idol, adulterer. And there can be many more examples in our own personal lives that we make, but I think that maybe these believers had allowed these little things, these little things that James was obviously dealing with, such as the tongue and envy and strife, and these things had, 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 had infected their lives so much so that they were what? There was, these were all symptoms of what? The worldliness that had crept into their lives. And if we're not careful, and this is evident in so many churches across the United States, and it can be evident in our own lives, that we'll go through our life and we'll check off the list of adultery, fornication, all these giant big sins, and yet we're letting these little sins live in our lives, live in our hearts, and with it, those are just symptoms of what? Of worldliness. Worldliness that these three enemies have been working so hard to get their foot in the door for. And just like these believers, sometimes we just need, you could say, a wake-up call or reminder, and we're living our life laughing, and we're happy, and we're comfortable, and yet God says, you should be mourning. You should be brokenhearted. Why? Because you've allowed these little sins into your life. You've allowed worldliness into your life, and I said this wasn't a Christmas message, and it's going to be a very short message by the looks of it, but I think I can make it a Christmas message, and <laughs> you say, how? Well, um, we're, we're celebrating a month the 25th is when we're celebrating that Jesus Christ came down to earth, born of a virgin, and later he, he lived a, a perfect sinless life, and then he died on the cross for our sins and rose again on the third day. We're celebrating all of Jesus Christ this month. But Jesus Christ didn't come and do all that just so that we can get saved, mark off the big sins off our list, and let little sins in our life, and become what we know as worldly Christians. No, 
There's many people who are sitting in pews this morning, this afternoon, or even this evening in churches around the country who are laughing, who are happy, who are comfortable, and yet God is looking down saying, adulterer, adulteresses, worldly Christians, letting these little sins in their life bring in what? Worldliness. Worldliness. I know this is evident because I've done it in my life. And if I'm not careful, I can be a youth pastor at Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple, and you know what? I could be sitting in my office writing a message and God can look down and say, adulterer. Because why? I've allowed these little sins, these little things that I think aren't a big deal, these little symptoms that I think could just brush off, I just brush them off like it's nothing. It's not a big deal. My story about COVID continues here where that night I went to quarantine and I was like, well, okay, I have COVID. No big deal. I'll just get over it. I won't talk to people. I'm not feeling too bad. Day three came around of me being quarantined and my wife will tell you, she, <laughs> it, was, it was something embarrassing. I had a fever that was pretty bad. I can't remember how high it got, but I guess something happens. Maybe there's some nurses or moms that know stuff in the, in the audience that I guess whenever your fever gets so high, my brain just stopped working. And all I remember was there's a big gap of where I, where I last remember things that I was doing, and I woke up the next morning and I had no clue what had happened until I looked to my phone. And I texted some crazy weird stuff to my wife, to my pastor back home, something about like, I see them, they're coming soon, run pastor, weird things. And I guess the guys that I was quarantined with, I was just so crazy and my mind was just so lost that I was like shoving my face in the couch and I was like, help, I can't breathe. They're like, dude, get your face out of the couch. That's why you can't breathe. And I'm like walking in a circle saying some weird thing. And I guess the fever had just gotten to me so bad that I just lost my mind for a couple hours. You could say, you know what? That was a pretty serious problem. And these, these symptoms, these little symptoms that I just brushed off as maybe a cold, something that's not so big, not something not so significant, turn out to be something that, man, I had a lot of explaining to do afterwards. And many times, as Christians, we'll, we'll go through our life and we'll check off the big things and we'll brush off these little sins like it's nothing. Yeah, I'm not committing adultery, but I'm looking upon another woman, adulterer. And yeah, I'm not cussing with my mouth, but I'm a backbiter, adulterer. And yet sometimes we get so comfortable with the state that we're in that we don't realize what we're doing to God. We don't realize how God views us. We don't realize that we shouldn't be comfortable, that we shouldn't be happy, that we should be mourning, we should be crying. And maybe this message might just be a good checkup, you could say. Maybe there's some things in, in somebody's life in this room, and if we're honest with ourselves, there's some, there's some things in every one of our lives that, it, that, that can kind of slip by. And we need to remind her sometimes, God, please do a work in my life. And praise the Lord, let's talk about some things that God says we can do to make sure that we, we root out this worldliness, that we root out these, these symptoms. There's three other things. We, we saw the three enemies, but there's three things we can do that I talked about to make sure that we don't let this worldliness creep in, or if we have let it crept in, we can deal with it. Verse number 6, it says, But he giveth more grace, but wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. The first thing we need to do is humble ourselves before God. God is willing to give us grace. He's willing to give us strength to battle this worldliness, these symptoms. But we have to come humbly before him. And sometimes, I know, especially for men, especially for me, I think I can do all these things on my own power, in my own strength. But God's saying, you need my grace. You need my strength. You can't battle this worldliness without me. 
but I'm not going to give you grace unless you come humbly before me. The next thing we see is we need to submit ourselves before God. James 4, 7. It says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And the word submit here carries the idea. It's, it's that, that whenever I'm submitting myself to a general, God, I'm coming before you and my actions, my thoughts, whatever you want to do with my body, it's all yours. I'm submitting myself to you wholly. So not only are we supposed to, to, to humble ourselves before God, we're supposed to submit ourselves to him. And when God is in control of our lives, when God is in control of our thoughts, of our eyes, of our minds, of our limbs, of our everyday lives, guess what? You're going to resist the devil because God's in control. So the first thing we see is we need to humble ourselves. We need to submit ourselves to God, let him take complete control of our lives. And then we must also get close to God. It says in James 4, verse 8, it says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Man, that's, it's funny, whenever you start letting little sins in your life, what's the next thing that goes? Your walk with the Lord. And man, whenever, that, whenever we're battling the, that, that backbiting and that strife and those unclean thoughts and those lustful thoughts, those things that we think are small, man, we need to draw ever close to the Lord. That is when we're supposed to be walking by His side even more than we were before. And God's giving us some tips, you could say, so some solutions to, to, to this infection of worldliness. Because if we're not careful, we'll be sitting there just like this church, sitting there comfortable in our sin. And uh, he also, there's also one last one that I want to talk about here. It says, uh, verse number 8, we must also let go of those sins. He says in that, in, that, in that verse, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. We need to humble ourselves, submit ourselves, draw closer to the Lord, walk with Him, and also, we need to cleanse our hands. And that, here, here's what I envision with that. We need to, sometimes we're, we're struggling with the sin. Man, God, I'm a gossiper. Lord, forgive me for gossiping and just help me to never do it again. Okay, we go about my day. And then you do it again. God, I'm so sorry for backbiting again and gossiping. I'm sorry. Forgive me, Lord. I'm, I'm, just give me strength to, to fight it again. We go about our day. And yet God's saying, cleanse your hands. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I shouldn't be gossiping. Please help me. Cleanse your hands of that sin. Do whatever you have to do to make sure that sin doesn't have an inch in your life. So we see the issue. Three enemies trying to infect the church, trying to infect every believer's lives with worldliness. And for many of us, for many people, maybe some people in this room, you're sitting there comfortably, you're sitting there laughing, when you should be crying, you should be mourning. Because when God looks down, he sees an adulterer, an adulteress. But God's saying, submit yourself to me. Humble yourself to me. Cleanse your hands. Get closer to me. And you know what? You can fight this disease of worldliness. You can fight whatever consequences this may bring. It's a little reminder that maybe we have to do some internal searching, you could say. We have to, to really be honest with ourselves and look in our hearts and say, God, what are these little symptoms that I'm just brushing off as nothing? Because as we know, that oil change, you know, when, when I run out of oil, there goes my engine. These little symptoms will eventually lead to what? The big symptoms. And you say, it's just a little sin, okay? Whenever you're sitting, and this is going to be dramatic, whenever you're sitting in jail because of what you did, man, I never thought I'd be here. You say, that's, that's, that's a dramatic jump. What all started with what? Those little symptoms. Whenever you're no longer in church, 
whenever you're divorced, whenever, whenever you messed up so big and you're sitting there by yourself, brokenhearted, saying, how did I ever get here? It all started with what? The symptoms you just brushed off as nothing. The little sins that really don't have much consequence, do they? No. It's a big deal. And God views it as a big deal. And I think, man, this would be a great season if we just, maybe the, the first Sunday of the month, we as a church, we, as our personal lives, we ask God to really search our hearts for those little things that we have to get rid of. Those little sins, maybe we have been brushing off for months, and maybe we have been brushing off for years, that God says, we need to get rid of those. We need to take care of those. I'm going to close with this. Uh, this is a, this is a, a quote uh, by Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon. It's a really good quote. I couldn't pass it up. It says, The course of rebellion against God may be very gradual, but it increases in rapidity as you progress it. And if you, be- and if you begin to run down the hill, the ever-increasing momentum will send you down faster and faster to destruction. You Christians ought to watch against the beginning of worldly conformity. When Satan, here's a good one, when Satan cannot catch us with a big sin, he will try a little one. It does not matter to him as long as he catches his fish, what bait he uses. Beware of the beginning of evil, for many who bade fair to go right have turned completely aside and perished amongst the dark mountains in the wide field of sin. And we ask God to search out those things in our hearts, those things that we need to get rid of in our lives. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you for a day we got to meet in your house, Lord, and thank you for the uh, uplifting messages and, and songs and choruses, Lord, about your coming, Lord, your being born um, from a virgin, Lord, and we just thank you so much for that and when that leads to, Lord. And, but I also, Lord, I just pray and ask, Lord, that you search every single one of our hearts, Lord, for any little sins, you could say, any little symptoms that we've just been brushing off, Lord, for months or maybe years, Lord, and I just pray that you prick hearts where they need to be pricked, Lord, and just push your children, Lord, to get those things right so that we can be effective for you, so that we can celebrate this month glorifying you the way that we should. Thank you for everything you've done, everything you're doing, and everything you will do. Your name we pray, amen. And as the, the songs that you begin playing, as you start singing, if, if the Lord has already illuminated some things in your heart, don't wait. Don't wait a second. Come get things right. Okay.
conflicts of interest here. Uh, like uh, been announced already, today starts the Christian missions offering. Uh, this will be used for the missionaries sent out from our church. We have the Christmas cantata uh, going on December 10th at 2 p.m. Make sure to invite your family and friends, and there will be a cookie fellowship following the cantata, and there will be a sign-up sheet in the back for that, I believe. Uh, there's a music recital going on. Ms. Metzinger would like to invite you all to that on December 14th at 7 p.m. And, of course, we'll have a box out next Sunday for the Gilson Christmas and uh, just put in uh, maybe some Walmart gift cards or a personal check. And, again, these gifts are not tax deductible. It'll just be to help them um, as they're raising those uh, the beautiful grandkids. Uh, we have the patch program December 17th in the afternoon service. Ladies' Christmas party at Ms. Metzinger's house December 18th at 7 p.m. Um, and then the, the Christmas Eve service coming up December 24th. And of course, like pastors already mentioned, it'll be a special service at 1 p.m. Um, most of you all know what that is already. I don't know, so I'm pretty excited for that. Um, so thankful for a good day in the Lord's house today. Uh, Brother Carl Tracy, do you mind dismissing us in prayer? Dear Lord, we thank you so much. Great day we have in your house. Messages heard, Lord. We have the Lord. Evaluate our lives, Lord. There's a little talk, Lord. Um, 